slow pan across the scenic desert, sweeping dunes. The tentacles of the sarlacc reaching up. Boom! Hand reaches out, grabs the ground. Yeah. Like, boom! Another hand yeah. grabs the ground, pulls itself forward, bit yeah. by bit. Yeah. And you, you stay the scene. You, you know stay on this about. like close yeah. shot. So you, like his head pops up, yeah. and you stay on it, and he gets up, and he's standing. And Bubba he's like, Fett rises. <sighs> Bubba Fett rises. And then he looks down, and the camera pans down. And like from the knees down, he's just bone. Like the rest of it's been dissolved and it's just, he's just standing on his bones. And he just goes, oh, sh-. Welcome, 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 nerds and nerdettes. Welcome, obscurios of all shapes and flavors. You're listening to the Nerd Obscurial Podcast. Hi, I'm Eric. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you via satellite, live from the scene, it's the Oklahoma Kid. Good evening, folks. Good evening, Eric. Oklahoma Kid here, live from the scene. So devotees will notice that we got the Bugles cover up. So this isn't an episode. Maybe as well by reading the script, you'll you'll see that, hey, we're, we're back on to, I don't know, normies? What do we call these? Season three. The episode 11, the first episode of season three. We've had a lot of episodes and stuff. Um, and we've been, I think, pretty open with our listeners about how we bottlenecked so many episodes. This is months recording this before things came out. I mean, this is well before our powerful alien occupiers have come here and blessed us with their presence. So keep that in mind if things are a little dated. (laughs) But we're on season three, gang. We got a whole new lot on life. Let's take care of new business a little bit. Let's just talk about we know every season is based off of a general premise or idea that we do an eight and a half list of. We go a pick per episode. And this next one, I actually have a nice lofty name for. I guess I'll say the name first, then we'll try to explain the idea. I'm calling this premise for this season, Channel Surfing in a Galaxy Far, Far Away. We're talking Star Wars. Yeah. I think this one got brought into the forefront because in the previous iteration of us doing a podcast, we did a whole eight and a half list when each episode was an eight and a half list. Yeah, instead of half and a half, we did each did eight for a total of... Uh, oh, yeah, we were each doing eight, eight, eight on eight. top of that. We were each doing that. a half, so we were right. doing, yeah, like six, 17. We were right. doing, or technically 18, because we each had a half one. So technically it would be 18, but... I thought we combined the half. No, oh, 
rewrite your rate. We yeah. did. So we had 17 choices. Each yes. episode was exclusively 17 choices. No lightning rounds. No type fives. Yeah. No it domains. Was just, just the back half of the episode. It was, was just the, the back half of the episode. That was long. the entire episode. We did the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it was way too long. I mean, we're spending half hour on the back nine of this episode just for one pick a piece. Mm-hmm. Imagine us trying to do all of it. Yeah. But in the interim, one of my choices was about Bubba Fett. And I actually, you know, if I need to prove it, we got the timestamp and we got the previous stuff. I actually had in my discussion about him reaching his fist out of the sand and getting out of the Sarlacc. That that was a big part of the vision and everything. And the book of Bubba Fett has come out on Disney Plus. And lo and behold. (laughs) Devotees of either the past or the future. I'm not sure. Can it be both? Might hear a clip from that very discussion. Okay. So... That came out. And then, like one of the cold opens. I, mean. I had, and I think they're doing something very different. And I've only really caught the first episode. So I, I don't know for sure. But in my iteration, I talked about an Obi-Wan movie where it was like Obi-Wan lost in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit more of a last temptation of Christ or the Buddhist story of him having this going into the wilderness. and Being much these, more of an isolated right experience and that's not the way they're going and no they're going with more yeah they're doing a more of a traditional story Story. and uh with other characters and stuff and And you were thinking more of like a movie that's all very interior as he's like out there right alone wrestling with his it would be closer to a messiah story like the buddha or christ you know it really would be and both of those there's a real archetype there of going out into the wilderness and finding enlightenment and all this kind of stuff yeah and uh I had on mine, and it has, they've announced they're doing something. Oh, sure. uh, but I had Lando right on mine, and when there's, yeah. they've announced a Lando show coming right. out. Yeah, so we felt urgency to do some Star Wars content before they start coming out with stuff. And there's other franchise stuff that as well, like we had talked about a She-Hulk thing, and they're doing they're already got trailers out for that. All of them really, we are basically Nostradamus. Yes. So, but we're going. Now with the Star Wars thing. Oh, but the the rub here is channel surfing. And actually, I like the idea of a long, long time ago as well, because it would be interesting the idea if like we finally just got the signal, like we're so far outside the galaxy. Oh, like, but if it was a real thing, like we finally got the satellite signal, right? Like SETI just started picking up all of a sudden yeah. the fucking cable from from uh, the Star Wars. And this would galaxy. be the idea is that we're we're talking like cable or satellite TV, like you're channel surfing. Yeah, you have a bunch of different channels, everything set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it would be the in-content, the in-universe content. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what, like, Han Solo would see if he turned on a television. I I think this is, like, Dish Network or DirecTV. Like, this is a big, we have all the shows kind of stuff. If you want to watch all the shows, here we are, you know? Yeah. And so... um, With all these different, like, content-specific channels. Yes. That's the premise of this list, is picking out... And that's the other thing is that you're picking out a channel now. So you're not just picking out one storyline and narrative. You're not picking out one movie. Mm -hmm. You're picking out an entire channel. Those lines can get blurred and that may be discussed later tonight. Right. 
But this is our uh, our table setting here for what's going on with season three, and you will get it as we get further down. Yeah. I think important also to mention, and we talked about this a little bit this off mic, but it's obviously very important to figure what time we're talking about in the Star Wars universe. And we're kind of going Mandalorian time. Like Palpatine has been thrown into the whatever in during the Battle of Endor. The Empire is down, but we haven't gotten to Rey and her ascending yet. Right. We're before that, but after Endor. So there isn't going to be a lot of the Abrams mm-hmm. content because that hasn't happened yet. Right. Now, do you want to do it at that time frame specifically to avoid? It's not necessarily stuff? to avoid it, but I think it's important to have an era in particular. I think that by the time you got to raise time, like there's enough that society had moved on enough where like some of the stuff that we're going to be globbing on, they couldn't give two shits about. You know what I mean? It would be like them watching TV land kind of stuff. Nick at night. Right. Old school. It would be too old school. See, I almost would think that like right before the emperor, like circa. Well, okay. So at least for my purposes in particular, one of the things I have tonight it's a convenient spot. Oh, for me. yeah, yeah, that's right. You do need it. So basically, we're saying like anything pre Force Awakens is fair game. Yes, exactly. But we're not really caring about anything afterwards, so we're just using that as the cutoff point. Right. So forget that stuff. I stand by my choice. <laughs> but I think that's enough table setting. We can get into more of old business, kind of our usual thing. Oklahoma, how'd you feed the Obscurial this week? We went to visit the mouse this week. We took my wife's, Ms. Oklahoma's uh, best friend, was in dire need of a vacation. She is sorely overworked, so we convinced her to come on a vacation. We took her to Disneyland. So we went for a couple days, and it nice. was hot. Not well, too hot, but it's that I mean, time of year. It you was, know, we're it, in the it, summer now. It was surprisingly humid for LA. Really? Um, okay. But that, we had a you good gave time. up a, a way to triangulate us. They know you're not talking about Florida now. I mean, we're not. Now they know we're West Coast. Way to fuck it up, dude. If I meant, no, if you're going to say, if you're meaning Florida, you got to say, you have to, you, you specify, you say Disney World. You know, you don't say you went to Disney. You know, maybe they Disneyland. thought you were, we were living in Paris. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, we are. Living, we are Bonafide. Baby, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we went. I got to go on Spider-Man like four fucking times because I single wrote it. So because uh, both my wife and her friend were like, yeah, we don't really like the we're not crazy about it. You know, it's too frantic. We can't see anything. We can't really we don't really know what we're doing, you know, because they're not video game players. Right, right. Um, and to me, I'm like, I fucking love it. So sure, it's like, so I was too. able to do the single rider, little tit folks, uh, single rider line, you'll get on much faster. Oh, for sure. So I did Spider-Man like a bunch. And the other thing I really love, it's, it's kind of a goofy thing, pun intended. But one of the things I really love at Disneyland that they have at the California Park side, they have a thing called Animation Academy, where throughout the day they do these little classes and they teach you how to do a sketch of, of the different characters. Interesting. Um, and they do a whole bunch of different ones. Like this time I did, I got to do Baby Yoda and Pascal, the uh, chameleon from Rapunzel. Or no, Tangled is the name of the movie, um, which is a surprisingly entertaining movie. It's a little bit past my time. It's it's actually got some funny bits or, in it. Bef- like yeah, past my time. Yeah, I, I mean, mean there's, there's they, a- they have good. You know, I was thinking about this the other day as well. With like Aladdin has some fucking awesome songs. Like just like just the, they have really good people working yeah. for them. Like oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. there's just talent. some real talented people doing their stuff. They get the cream. You know? they, they pick the cream of the crop. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and 
speaking of tonight's topic, I also, of course, Star Wars Land. Sure. Uh, or, or Galaxy's Edge at the Black Spire Outpost for the real nerds. I, I completed my collection. I had pre- On previous visits, I had gotten a, you can make your own R2 droid. Right. And you can make your own BB-8 droid, you know, pick out different Did colors you get a and DO? spaces. I got a DO this time. Oh, that's Which you can't nice. make. You have to buy the pre, it's it's the pre-made one, so you can't customize it. Oh, okay. But, like, because, like, my R2, you can you can actually make them, you know, like, some of them have that more, like, kind of, like, squarish, like, with, like, kind of, like, the yeah, trapezoidal yeah, yeah. Right. kind of heads. Well, and that like, wouldn't be an R2. That would be an R unit, but that'd be, like, yeah. a... R four. Yeah, you can. Whatever. So you can. Yeah, you right. can build your own R unit and your own B unit. Right. Um, and kind of customize different. I went with basically from the movie. I went with R two and BB eight, but color swapped. So R two is orange. No, 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 not color swapped each other. Like their colors pattern flipped over. So every so all the white on R two on my R two is all blue, right. and all the po- spots that are blue are white. Right. Same right. thing I with BB eight. He's got, got orange where the white is and white where the orange is. So nice. it's. Because that way there was a little more blue and a little more orange, and that's kind of what I wanted. Nice. Uh, but Dio just comes exactly as is in the movie. You can't make your own one yet. The remote controlled and everything, man. I would write a Yelp review. I would. Yeah. I know. I should. But that's like, pretty what cool. Kind of, what kind of bullshit is this? Do you have any want to have, like, a saber collection? Do you have a Sith saber and a Jedi saber? Right now... I just have, well, I have two of, like, the toy ones where it's, like, because at first they had a thing in, in the Star Tours thing where you could build your own lightsaber, but it was, like, those fold-out ones, you know, where it's the plastic cups that kind of... <laughs> so I had two of those because that was before they came out with a thing where you could actually get the, your own saber. It was something you had to order off the internet, you know, from some nerd who handmade it on Etsy for, like, you know, $1,000. But when they came out with that, yeah, when Star Wars, when, when Galaxy's Edge opened... Yeah, I know I, you have a saber. Yes. Yeah. So I have, there's four different styles... And you can kind of customize within that style. But basically, like, there's a set that comes with, like, each of the pieces has, like, three or four options in each set. And when you go, when you do it, you pick a set, and you work specifically from that set, but you have the different pieces you but can... My question is, is that you had this gotta-collect-them-all thing with the droid oh, thing. Oh, I definitely would. Do you have... I did, given, if I, I had the money, yes. But it's just too expensive. It is pretty expensive. They are, like... It's $200, I think, 200 something dollars now, a little more. This is why, folks, you, you need to make us a Patreon. Exactly. You so need to get, get goddamn, some money so Oklahoma all the, all can get sabers. all of his sabers. Listen, I didn't catch them Pokemon for nothing. Callback. Pikachu doing it. Pikachu doing it. But yeah, and then they have like the ones that are like the replicas from the movies. You know, and they're all like 150 a pop, not including the right, light up the blade right. part. And then they charge extra for like the whole experience of creating your own. Yes, doing your own. Yeah, yeah, there's also a show that goes with right. it. You go into a workshop, they give you a whole spiel. Yoda talks to you. Spoiler alert: Yoda talks to you. But it's a pretty cool little thing. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, obviously, also a wand collection. That's another one on my like bucket list. Yeah. Like, I want to get a wand collection. Like right now, I just have my own wand. That's one of the um, like if you. If, when you go to Harry Potter, they have like you can buy the ones that are exactly like each characters from the movie, but then the same thing they they the have like you a set said of, it was when you go to Harry Potter, and I had the John Malkovich image where like you open up a door, door and, and then you <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, yes. Little, little tip, folks. You can, uh, being John Malkovich, Daniel Radcliffe. Little known fact. Um, <laughs> little tip, folks. He is hung. <laughs> you goddamn right he is. That's why I didn't go the other way with it. Um, I know my audience. Uh, but then they have like, there's like, I think like 15 different ones that are like generic. 
But yeah. they all have like a different design, and then they have like a, each one has a different description, and it has like a thing. You go through the store, and you can read the different descriptions, and it's like you know this wand is a is a eleven and a half inch ash tree wand. Mine's ash. Mine is a ash tree wand sure. with a I think with the dragon the. Yeah, dragon string core is what it says on there, and it and it gives a little description of like what type of magic it's good for, and what type of wizard typically has this kind of wand. So it's like kind of like is a little personality an testing. Is that dead thing, Pokemon thing, or both? What Ash with you? Ash is both the protagonist of the Evil Dead no, series I'm played by Bruce Campbell, it's... and it is also the name of the protagonist of most of the Pokemon narrative. I know. Stuff. I'm asking for you personally because it becomes a moniker that I see on some of your stuff, and I'm wondering. Oh what, yes, it what's... is my it's my three initials I put in on video games. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, your moniker, but which which is it more of a predominant? Is it, is it both? No, it's Evil it's Dead. The Bruce Campbell it's Evil thing. Dead. Bruce Campbell yeah. as Ash in yeah. Evil Dead versus the Army of Darkness, etc. Yeah, no, it's 100% from that. Cool. Ash uh, Pokemon was a later discovery. I was like, oh, his name's Ash. Yeah, we were a little bit, we weren't at the target age when it released. We could still get it, but we were, you know, we were checking out tits and drinking beers by the way. Yeah. Time, so. Yeah, this, this was like fourth grade. So, oh yeah, so they have a description of each one that kind of like, here's like the kind of, so you can kind of find the one that's like you. I actually had yeah. Ms. Oklahoma pick. Okay. And it was kind of cool. She picked out the Ash one, which is kind of cool because my dad was a big baseball guy. So this is Universal Studios. This is at Universal Studios. And baseball bats are typically made of ash we cremated my father and he's actually in an ash tree now like well like in the roots thing you know like we we put him in when we planted the tree way to bring the energy down yes talking about death <laughs> no it's very sweet and yeah yeah absolutely uh the baseball bats and uh well and sorry to get on my nerd side of it but um the the ash spear was very important to the trojans and prime mm. in particular has talked a lot about yeah there's a lot of stuff with ash ash it's good wood yeah directed by lukewarm should we just go soups on or I mean unless you want me to talk more about like the names I use in video games. No, not in particular. <laughs> I didn't know if you needed me to reciprocate the obscurial question or if we should just pass on. Oh yeah, do you, I mean, well, already, do you have anything good? I really don't have anything great. They came out with some a, a new update or basically a new expansion or DLC pack or whatever you want to call it for the uh, Minecraft games. So me and my son have been pounding Rock away on that and uh um, so that's, you know, he's been playing a lot of that lately. And uh, before I started playing it, I was playing a lot of Warcraft. And it still uh, scratches a lot of that itch of like yeah. going through the world, collecting resources, building new things, doing like in a weird way. That's actually what I always liked doing on the Warcraft game was the profession stuff and the finding smithing. stuff and smithing. Yeah, doing all the trade work and stuff. Mm. But let's get a moment here and... We'll be back with a lightning round. Soup's on, people. Soup's on. She is okay, welcome back, gang. We're going to do our first lightning round of season three. If I remember correctly, I did pull out and win last season. Yes, you won. Um, I won you the won. series. Yes. So in doing so, I will give sovereignty to Oklahoma here on how how you want to... I would like to answer first. Okay. Question one, the sun also rises. Who is the son of Achilles in Didymia? Neoptolemus or Scamandrius? I believe you 
Now, whether it was in this one or not, I don't know. That's These could both be people who are mentioned as sons of Achilles. But I know you mentioned... This is not an either, neither, both. This is a one right. or the other. But I mean, like, it could be a trick because you said in something, in, in this particular work. What was the first name again? Neoptolemus or Scamandrius. I'm going to go with Neoptolemus. Correct. Scamandrius... Sure. I remember you saying that Scamandrius name. Scamandrius was the son of Hector. Oh, okay. Who never fought, but Neoptolemus... Yeah, he fought Black Lightning, you said. Black Mammon. You say tomato, and I say gelato from Modelo Especial. It's mango y chile. Next category is called Tommy Boy George. Is this a quote from Boy George or Chris Farley? I was glad to be sober, but after 90 days, people weren't patting me on the back anymore saying, good job on the sobriety. Go get him. Boy George. That was Chris Farley. Oh, seemed too obvious. You got me. Double fake. Double fake. Catch 22 in the rye. Is this from Catcher in the Rye? Or is this from Catch 22? I'm quite illiterate, but I read a lot. Catch 22. That's from Challenger. Oof. Question number four. A clockwork orange chicken. Is this an Asian food ingredient or a Maloko Plus? A what? Maloko Plus. They would go to the milk bar. Oh. Drenkrom. Is that the Taiwanese word for lotus fruit? Or is it the milk spiked with adrenochrome and other hallucinogens? Hallucinogens. Correct. Scarlet Bewitched. Where, this is a recent story, where a statue of Elizabeth Montgomery was vandalized by being painted red. Where did this happen? Was it A, in Salem, Massachusetts, a home of the famous Salem Witch Trials? Or B, Holmby Hills, Los Angeles, where Montgomery attended the Westlake School of Girls. School for Girls. It was in Salem. Really? Yeah. Oh. Now, Elizabeth Montgomery did go to that school. So the, like, I always want to have a hint of truth in my lies. But it, the statue in Salem, which I was surprised I had one in yeah. Salem. Um, and again, it seemed a little on the nose. Was painted all red right. this week. The last category is an oldie but a goodie. This is one of my few repeats. Up in smoke. All right. Is it barbecue or weed? And this is... Either, neither, or both. Alaskan thunder funk. That's got to be a weed, but is there a... I'm going to both. Both. Fuck it. Do it. Both. So this one is actually real shithead of me because it's neither. There is a weed called Alaskan thunder fuck. Oh. And there is no barbecue product called Alaskan Thunder Funk. It does sound like it could be a barbecue rub, though, for sure. But fun little fact, in doing the research, there's also a quite famous drag queen named Alaskan Thunderfuck. And I was trying to think on how I could work that in for the weed or the drag queen, but I couldn't quite think yeah. of the best way to, like... <laughs> All right, so for merely for formality's sake, I'll ask Dude, you if you... Dude, I have gotten one for six before, so don't say that. Question one. As always, we start things off with the category of Spock said to lock down Dr. Zock's rock, Sherlock. I have a list of quotes. They come from sources including Star Trek's Mr. Spock, philosopher John Locke, comedian Chris Rock, actor Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jim Henson television series Fraggle Rock, the movie The Rock starring Nicolas Cage, Can't Cage the Rage, the character of Sherlock Holmes as played by Benedict Cumberbatch in the series Sherlock, Oceanic Explorer Jacques Cousteau, or the long-running BBC sci-fi series Doctor Who, and this would be from the ninth Doctor, Christopher Ecclestein on. I'm going to give you two of these possible sources, so I'll narrow it down for you. You have to tell me which of these two is the source of the quote. So here we go. I have a question. Yes. Is it too soon with the Chris Rock? It is never too soon. <laughs> Alright, so is this a quote? Yeah, give me my two. From, T from HBO's Fraggle Rock or BBC's oh. Doctor Who books. 
the best weapons in the world. That's a good one. It could go either way. I... My gut just said Fraggle Rock. Incorrect. It was Doctor yeah. Who. I don't know enough Doctor Who. And I it was like, it was a coin flip. And I know I didn't hear it in Fraggle Rock, but I know I could hear it in Fraggle Rock. Question This is In the Ring or On the Range. Uh, as with the rest of these categories, I'm going to give you a name. In this case, this name belongs to either a Old West cowboy or a professional wrestler. And that is the, to be clear, the ring name or, or performing name of the wrestler. So in this case, The Rock would qualify, Dwayne Johnson would not. So for the point, is this a cowboy or a wrestler? Cool Hand Connor. In the ring. No, that is a cowboy. Next category is Hippogriff or Honky Gringo. In this case, the name here is either going to apply to a species of magical beast, as described in the creative works of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, or it is a slang term for a demographic of white people. And to be clear, the slang term does not necessarily have to be derogatory, and it also does not necessarily have to be used by non-white people exclusively. For the point, Pogrebin. Can I get a spelling? P-O-G-R-E-B-I-N. I'm going to go Magical Beast. And you'd be correct. Okay. It is a magical beast that looks like a rock and follows people around, causing them to feel despair. This category is Teenage Mutant Gnarly Thrashers. And this is going to be a this, that, or both category. This name could be a character from Marvel Comics, particularly X-Men Comics, who possesses the X-Gene and thus has mutant powers. Or it could be a metal band of some sort. Uh, any various subgenre of metal was fair game. And as I said, it could also be both. And just to be clear, for the band to qualify, because just about anything has been some person's band's name at some point, some Somewhere. This had to be a band that had some sort of presence. Uh, they had to have albums out or, or tours, shows being played. They couldn't just be someone throwing a random song up on SoundCloud. They had to be a little more substantial than that. So, this week, your question is... Dark Star. And it's not spelled funky. It's spelled completely right. normal. Dark Star. Let me say both. Good call. It is a classic metal band from Birmingham, UK. Yeah. And a prog metal from Dusseldorf, Germany. But it is also a uh, Russian hero whose mutant powers let him form light constant. Basically, he's like a Green Lantern, but a mutant rather than having some. Where I had the question was with the X Men thing because I, I like I had my gut. Oh yeah, that I, I've heard that X Men name before. Like I was had ninety nine percent assurity that the metal thing. Like you, you name two. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's such a metal name. Yeah. That was gonna be. Uh, I'm not a big metal head, but I even knew like that's a metal band. Up next is Horseplay Wiki Edition. So, in this category, the name will either be of a racehorse or a Broadway play. But, again, much like the metal bands, both of those could be pretty wide-open categories of uh, all kinds of things being in there uh, over the course of time. So, to narrow it down a little bit, make it a little more fair, this is the Wiki Edition. So, Wikipedia has a list of notable racehorses. So, if it's a horse, it will be drawn from that list. And keep in mind, it could be notable for being good, for being bad, or for some sort of historical context that has nothing to do with the horse's performance. And if it's a play, it is coming from the Wikipedia list of longest or shortest running Broadway plays. So, is this a horse or a play? Regret. And this isn't either, neither, both? No, it's one or the other. And there's then there's no neither. It's... Then neither. I'm going to say show tune. It is a racehorse. <sighs> 
All right, last chance. It seems like such a like theater kid title. It's it's surprising that there isn't. Well, and again, this is this is why I did Wiki yeah. Edition because I'm like just about anything you could probably get oh. on the internet and find as a ra- as the name yeah. of a racehorse and a play. You know, yeah. so I'm like I I wanted to narrow it down where it's like no, this was either something that was on Broadway for what? a very notable reason or what is the, uh, the the notoriety of regret? Do we have any backing info? Uh, I would have to double check. Okay. Uh, I just I just wrote down racehorse. And of course, we bring it home with Anna May or May Not. All you gotta do is tell me, is this name the real title of a anime movie or TV series? Or is it just some crazy gibberish I made the fuck up? Here we go. For the game. For the game. Coriandor, Battle Princess of Tamaran. Tamaran? Can you spell Tamaran? T-A-M-A-R-A-N. I'm gonna say anime. It is not. We got another tie. Uh, we got another tie. Oh, no, this is the first. This is the first tie no, uh, in a regular a, season. We oh, tied in regular Christmas. season. Yeah. We tied at Christmas. You're right. Coriander, uh, who is in fact a warrior princess of the planet Tamaran, is more commonly known as DC Comics superhero Starfire of the Teen Titans. You're starting to learn from me and conceal your lies in a lot of truth. Yep. Well, tie game. Yeah. Let's get a joiner and me in Oklahoma. We'll figure out how we're going to deal with that mess. Last time it worked out nicely because it was the uh, Christmas holiday special, yeah. right? Season of sharing. So it was a season of sharing, but now we're we're on a predicament. So see you in a sec. Soup is on. I looked up across the table First to see if she was joking No joke There was no flicker Just a girl Okay, we're back. This is all coming to me the same time as you, audience. So I have no idea what this domain is. Sometimes I ask Oklahoma to kind of cue me in so I can orient myself, but we're just gonna raw dog it here. So mm-hmm. directed by yeah. So Oklahoma, Master of this domain. I could not find this a URL dot com dot net dot what have you, uh, or even something with this general theme. Do we have a theme this season? And there is a theme. Okay. Can do you want to explain the theme this season? Oh, I think we'll, we'll you'll see okay. how things play out. Okay, gonna be coy. There is a song by a group also creatively dubbed the White Boys, uh, similar to this, but there is no actual website dedicated to this topic. Okay. Honky motherfucker. Honky motherfucker. Yes, they have a song. There's a song called Honky Ass Motherfucker by the White Boys. Oh, but that's not even a direct. You're talking honky motherfucker. Honky motherfucker. Yes. Okay. So. So I will say about this suggestion, definitely something on the dark web has that name. You know it. I know it. Well, I, I don't have access. The American people know. To the dark web. Um, Wink. A little surprising that the regular internet doesn't have it. It seems like a real fucked up fetish kind of thing. It would be immediately. That's what what your audience. Someone types that in. Your audience is immediately going to be like, you know, buck tooth inbred shit. Really? 
I think so. First thing, honky motherfucker. Yeah, my brain goes to that. There's an episode of the X-Files, Miss Peacock. Mm-hmm. You know, these like backwoods right. weirdo kids are all malformed and uh-huh. weird because of all the inbreeding. And, um, one and of these the, would be the people that would be going to the internet to look for honky motherfucker? These, the fetish kind of people who, you know, would be wanting the honky motherfucker. That's how I'm going to get off seeing a bunch of white trash motherfuckers inbreeding. Oh, okay. So the white trash people are not the ones searching for honky motherfucker no you're offering the service here's a bunch of white trash motherfuckers inbreeding committing the biggest sin of all mankind fucking your mother of all cultures cannibalism some cultures are okay with it no incest and especially the sex between the son and the mother it's like the one big big taboo but part of sexuality is the kink of Breaking all taboos, all those kind of stuff. And um, I don't know, Oklahoma, how hip you are with, you know, looking at different porn sites and stuff like that. Uh, stepmother porn is a um, shockingly popular <laughs> category <laughs> in the, you know, stepdaughter, stepbrother, all yeah, those kind of. Right. So the, the step. Ew. You've been That's to that's right, I said it. I've been to Japantown. Japantown. Oh, oh. Step tentacles? <laughs> oh, okay. That's, well, that's a whole other thing, but... Or eight other things. I mean, so, um... If, I don't know. It depends what kind of cephalopod we're talking about here. So, yeah, the immediate place is lukewarm. the shock and awe that that doesn't already exist because it seems like a natural porn kink that would be there like we've said if we've said it once we've said it a million times if you've thought of it they got porn of it on the internet now and a honky fucking his mother seems like there should be porn of that on the okay internet. so you're seeing it as honky space mother space fucker three words well, motherfucker honky, could be one word who, well see if when you say like motherfucker that's different than saying someone that's different than saying actual mother fucker a fucker of mothers it's I get more what of a you're slang saying, term, but you know I don't I mean? think I think it works better with the actual um, spoken language than the written language. There, I think if you have the written language itself, especially you're talking about a URL where there is mm. no spaces at all. Uh, are, did you look it up with using the little subs underscore? No, I shit? did not. I looked it all up as one word. Okay, so you're looking it all up as one word. Right. Especially, there's no um, place for that semantics. All you're seeing is honky motherfucker, you know? So is it a honky that's fucking mothers or is it a honky motherfucker? Those semantics aren't able to be read without Without any kind of punctuation or spacing. So I think it's very probable that my line of reasoning would be there. I think the place where we're wanting to gravitate towards, though, is not on the incest porn. I'm not as into it as you are. No. Thanks. You keep bringing it up. Still beat your wife? It would be like... You do? No, that's the... It's like a... Uh, oh, I know. I lawyer's know. trick. It's I know a, what it know, is. Semantical finger trap. Yeah, I know, know what it is. Okay. So the place we naturally want to go to, I think, is like um, a site that's put on and established by like, the, the first thing in my head was what was the Chris Rock thing where it was like, you know, he'd only get like two minutes, but it was this real like black and proud and almost like uh, Black Matt Panther. X, I think. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like something that he would put on. It's honky motherfucker. <laughs> like <laughs> some kind of very militant black, but like showing these stupid honky motherfuckers. That would be definitely the second place in my mind. Not sure if we're the ones to be the uh, spearhead on that. What if, what if this? 
stay with me here. So what if it's a website from the perspective of people of color and it's just listing honky motherfuckers, but it's done in the style of a wildlife guide, like an Autobahn guide to honky motherfuckers. Oh, so a very common joke I'll mention if we're like, okay, so not trying to knock anything, but if you're in a Walmart and you catch just a beautiful mullet, let's say, oh, look at the plumage on that one, the, the Tennessee waterfall. You know, mm -hmm. So that, that would be like the thing, right? You're yeah. like, you're, you're, you're talking about how this honky in particular and going through like the nomenclature and going through all of the different kinds of honkies. Yeah, exactly. All the motherfucking honkies. Just a real field guide to honkies. Yeah, like. But that would actually be a field guide to white trash still though, right? Oh. Do we put honky in white trash or do, do you have a lockjaw Hamptons honky? I think you can go worldwide. Worldwide? Yeah, this is like, this is like you just, you are a, uh, and this is going to sound Terrible. not great, but like you are a person of color and you've just come out of like the fucking mountains, the middle of nowhere. You're, you're, you're living in a, you know, a tiny, tiny village in Tibet and you come down and you're going to go interact with with uh, American culture and like, it would be like, this is the thing, you know, another person would pull you aside and be like, hey, hey, here's what you need to know. Like, this is your field guide to all the, you've never dealt with white people before. This is your field guide to all the different white people, all the honky motherfuckers. Like, you gotta understand, this honky motherfucker is gonna be like this. And this honky motherfucker is gonna be like that. So, so actually, it's like navigating the honky, the honky motherfucker world. I, I see where actually there could be value here for this reason, like if we were we're on this project. You know, maybe we're getting writers and journalists to be people of color. Yes. But like, we're the ones on it. If you think about it this way, like, how many times during since the birth of America, there's been these terrible accusations about the black community or just people of color in general. Mm -hmm. And these like total lies, like Emmett Till and all this kind right. of stuff. And how the sensationalized, these are the worst people possible. Right. Like, what if you flip that entire script and have it just be like, these white motherfuckers are the worst people possible. But if you get it run by white people, then all of a sudden, no, it's not just like a, you know, the racism thrown towards you now you're just throwing back at us mm. if we're the ones spearheading it as white folk then it's actually kind of like that field guide thing like satire. you said and, and satire but it would be like if if you're hanging out with a bunch of people and like you see a couple people at the party and they look really sketched, and it's a person of color. But then you have your black friends say, oh, yeah, those motherfuckers are sketchy as motherfuckers. You don't go near them. Like, you feel better. Like, you, okay, I'm warranted by my worry. I'm not just being a racist here. Right. Like, I'm being thing, warranted. Yeah. Like, that's a sketchy motherfucker. You know, it kind of have that be the same thing. But, like, flipping it completely on its head of, like, oh, no, these are actually just terrible white people. As a white person, it's okay to hate this person because they oh, okay. are worthy of the hate. Like, they are dangerous, not good people. People. and right. we need to uh, we've given you the, the stamp of you are not racist either and I know that's, yeah. that's more of a, a white person concern but yeah. we're just flipping it on its head you know yeah in worldwide I think is interesting as well because you can really get into some still very sketchy stuff but it depends on I feel like worldwide it depends on how contemporaneous you want this content to be. You know, if you want it, people hanging out right now mm -hmm. that you need to keep an eye out for because these are fucking honky motherfuckers. Or if it's like 
let us talk, tell you about some honky motherfuckers. Like this honky motherfucker, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> you know, just like going through history well, and talking don't. about all the the bad honkies. We, I think we I think we covered that with Honky Had It Coming, uh, season one. You think history is done with? Uh, yeah, we did that with Honky Had It Coming. I'm just saying you can go either way. With um, it. I was it thinking more like the satirical thing. thing. Yeah, like it would be a. Uh, Maybe even a community-driven, like a wiki right. kind of thing, where it would be people poking fun at white people. Like, oh, can you believe this honky motherfucker? He puts mayonnaise on his something, you know? Like, well, He puts mayonnaise on his taco. What's that about? Just, like, like a thing pointing out, like... Oh, so you're not talking about actually just, like, atrocious people who are white. You're talking about talking about very weird stuff stereotype kind of like... I'm talking about just being like satirical about white people. Just like right. making fun of all the things uh, that are a little bit ridiculous about white people. Basically just take all the stand-up that yeah, uh, black like, people white have people taken. White like, people are like this. Oh, what was the Tracy Jordan where he was white dialing people, the phone? White people dial the phone <laughs> yeah. like Black people dial the phone like beep, boop, bop, bop, boop, beep, bop. And then <laughs> later in the episode, episode he picks yeah. up the thing and he's like beep, boop, boop, and realizes I'm yeah, what he realizes he's part black. Oh, right. oh yeah, Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson, all full circle. I know what I'm doing. I'm yeah. playing 3D chess here, people. Because, yeah, I was thinking more of a. Or, or another way you could go, you could go with like that. Uh, what's that? The the books, the worst case scenario survival guide. Yeah. Do like one of those where about white people just like a survival guide for surviving white culture so i feel like like and how political you want to get with it is up to you i feel like there's almost uh like the way that it could go that really like saves from a lot of like the racial stuff with the honky and the incest stuff with the motherfucker and all that kind of stuff is that like you make it like the catchphrase or whatever like you just like you see somebody doing something on the string and it's like honky motherfucker you know like you it, that's kind of the the turn of the brand less well, than you know see that's that's what i'm thinking right more. like it would just be like observations, not like not like getting into the real like serious stuff. It would just be the the shit where it's just like all the things that like people who are not uh, non people of color are just like really about white people. Actually, like all the things white people do, like all the little things that people would just be that people other people are like yeah, what's the deal with like mayonnaise? I was <laughs> like. Uh, one of my coworkers who is uh, Latinx, she was like, she's like, you know what? I still don't understand mayonnaise. <laughs> and I was hey. like, how do I justify mayonnaise? Like, I, I can't really do it. And it's like, all that kind of things, you know? Like, all the just like, what is, why are white people, why are honky motherfuckers be doing that? That makes no sense. It'd be funny to actually intersperse it with like, just the ridiculous and kind of like, I, and it's the only word to use, like stereotype kind of thing of like the weird stuff that white people do. Mm -hmm. But then also do the like, have like a whole fucking long thing about like redlining and just like throwing out some like real facts about mm -hmm. some fucked up shit. White people like talk about like, um you know, the old West and the genocide that happened to the first people and uh -huh. just like have those, all of that kind of melange together where like you go from one video to the other and it's like mayonnaise on one one side and then it's like you know uh colonel general custard on the other and then just like honky motherfucker like you're not it's all the good and the bad or the the oh the mundane and the the really big but like mm -hmm. partially taking to task some of the the fucked up shit 
Well, like I said, how political you want to get with it's up to you. Right. I almost started to think in my picture in my mind like a, a site like like a, like Lolcats, where it's all cat memes. It'd just be a whole site where people submit their honky motherfucker. You know, that's what you do is you put in you put in like a video or photo and it and it stamps it with honky motherfucker. You know, and you do your best. It's like a TikTok channel. You do your best honky motherfucker at the end of the clip. Honky motherfucker. I actually. I may, my brain may have gone to a place that will redeem all of this uh, and get us away from all that other stuff I was talking about. The uh-huh. race stuff, the incest stuff, all that. Uh-huh. We're going back to season two. Honky motherfuckers are the white rats. And it's all of the normal colored, like brown, gray, like, you know, the cool little white rats and like all their privilege in their labs and stuff like that. And they're watching, even doing like human stuff, like putting mayonnaise on the white rats are like putting mayonnaise on a sandwich or something uh-huh. like that. And then you have like, cause white rats are usually like, you know, lab rats. And yeah, I, I, albino. Was, I, I wouldn't see that as privilege. Uh. No, 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 but that, that would, you're playing on this idea. Like you're putting in the social stuff, but then you have just like a regular gray rat or whatever watching all this and then just doing the honky motherfucker where you're anthropomorphizing the rat community uh. of how regular brown and uh, gray rats look at the white lab rats, but you give them the human functions of what the honkies do. Does that make any sense to you at all? It's a bit of a stretch. I think it'd just be fun because you were talking about cats. So I was just, I had this, while you were talking about that, I was in my brain, had this epiphany of how like funny it would be then connected to last season as well. Because we left on off on mice. Yes. Mice with machine guns. So all the albina mice that they use for experiments and stuff like that and all their weird little actions that are... Mm -hmm basically honky people actions but you you give that degree of separation it would be all the content that we were already talking about doing but instead of it having people you're using mice i guess it's a little bit of a stretch seems, okay. seems like an unnecessary step okay all cat meows what if you go the opposite way with it we've been thinking of it as this way to be like honky motherfucker like derogatory what if it's like honky motherfucker like Actually, like a white dude came through. Actually, if you did it that way, but it was like all stories of like allies, like yeah, it, like Honky came through for us. Like you know the um all the white kids that were going down the bus to march march with Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and uh, Montgomery and all that kind of stuff. Like it's the thumbs up, like Honky motherfucker, <laughs> you know. Why he all right? Right, he all right. Again, besides being major funders or something like that, we cannot have our fingerprints on this at all. <laughs> this cannot be our <laughs> no this this is executive produced we are we are hiring a talented cast and crew give us a call ryan coogler we got your next project here we've gotten through the good the bad and the ugly i don't know i'm glad we we found something at least a little uplifting maybe and i i do have to say i guess like i said i don't want to be the one to carry the message because it sounds very like aggrandizing like us white people can help too <laughs> you know like we cannot be the flag bearers on this but no, of, again, of no. that title that's like the best uh I'm, uplifting I'm, kind of story you i'm thinking like it. again like a lolcats thing or like it's it's almost like an instagram you know or tiktok type TikTok, thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, where people 
post like photos or tweets or short videos of this happening, like documenting it and being like, right. honky motherfucker. Like, let's show what good examples yeah, look like. Right. And it'd be good allies. Yeah, and yeah, it would yeah. be people submitting that, you know? Like, one I could just immediately link up is like, Maybe not include that. Mm. <laughs> Realizing all the problem bag. All of it. It's just so riddled. There's so many landmines when you mention that title. I'm just like, how are we going to make this work? <laughs> you're bringing challenges. I'm appreciating I that. I don't know what you're talking about. I think we came up with gold here. You're the one that... We uh, came across with good, bad, and ugly. I'm a little concerned about which one you think incest is. Motherfucker, so. you're saying the words motherfucker, <laughs> and you're like, where are you getting incest from? I can't imagine a world where incest would ever be in anybody's head. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm concerned about whether you consider that one the good, bad, or ugly. Oh, definitely the ugly. Okay, thank you. Definitely the ugly. I was worried for a second there. Uh, just want to check. Just want to make sure we're all on. Uh, we've all got a, like an even playing field here. Want to want to make sure where the baseline is. We need to know where where we stand. But you can always stand firm. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that I made it a little vague on me fucking my own mother <laughs> and where I stand on that. Um, against if you need to very clearly. Yes, hold that pretzel high, uh, my salty Americans. For our time is now, and pretzels is America's fucking bread. Let's take a moment. We'll come back. We'll get a tight five. And then uh, we'll be on to the beginning of our list. Oh, have we said it about that yet? What? I'm going to get a tight five. Directed by warm. Warm. I, I, I don't know if we got that one yet, so I just thought I'd make sure we were right. on there. Yeah, just get it, you know. Let's get a moment. We'll get to Lukewarm's favorite finger configuration. That's not where I was going with it. But, uh, Tie five. Uh, yeah, I know that. That's not where I was going with the, <laughs> with the entendre. I was thinking maybe like, you know, like five virgins or something, you know. Oh. Like five girls who are, or maybe they're uptight. I don't know. Maybe it's like that's their deal. Uh, these aren't the kind of decisions I, this is. Then you go airtight five, right? Who, who you got I? DVDA and a blowjob. Who? I to tell <laughs> Luke Warman, who are you? Because that idea was terrible. Uh, to tell Luke Warman. You know there's porn on the oh, internet. Oh, of course there's porn of it. Anything you can think yeah. of, there's porn of. We already said this. There's porn of everything. There's porn of this on the internet. There's porn of things that are going to exist tomorrow that's already on the internet today. That's how it works. The moment someone's oh, conceived shit. You got it, the type five, then you have the trick. You've thought about this a lot. I just always really liking the fact that I came up with oh, like I know what you really like. I know what you really acts. like. You've, <laughs> you've made it abundantly clear what kind of things you're into. Lukewarm has a little thing called class, sir. <laughs> I'm going to take a break before I get myself in more trouble. <laughs> you could uh, definitely learn a lesson from American hero and stalwart, lukewarm. Salty now, salty forever. Just like pretzels, America's bread. Fuck Zach Braff. Soup's on, people. Muggle, please. Soup's been on for a while. So welcome back. This is 
working on my type five. I already warned Oklahoma about this first sentence because it's going to be rough and it's a table setting thing. Maybe it will not get the reaction that I'm worried about. Much but like the go-go's, my lips are sealed. Here's a type five and I think that this is a funny joke and could work somewhere. I think there's only one level of racial stereotype that is acceptable and I call it the benefit of the doubt stereotype. If you got through that sentence, thank you. <laughs> you, I was worried about getting through that sentence. So I'll move on. I'll let you tell your own news. Okay, I call it the benefit of the doubt stereotype. Like, if you take a vehicle to an upholstery shop, and there's a Mexicano who comes out and is going to be taking care of your shit, you delay judgment. Whatever you think of that shop, whatever fucking bad reviews you say, when you see Chewy roll up, you're like, let's see how this plays out. Because 99.69% of the time, that shit looks Fabulous. And I know that is a stereotype, but if I'm going to choose between Carl and Ignacio working on my shit, I'm picking Nacho every fucking time. Until proven otherwise, I'm rolling reverse racism on that shit. Also, I didn't hear a laugh, so maybe it's not funny. I, maybe it's not funny. It's not quite a joke. It's more just like an opinion, kind of. Okay. It's just kind of uh, you saying like, you know what? It might be a little bit of a stereotype, but I right when I see when I see a white guy cooking my Chinese food, you know what? I'm gonna say this probably isn't gonna be as good. You know, it's kind of like that. That's just like an opinion. I think no, but like, I think it's you know. funny to me because it's an upholstery thing. Mm-hmm. And technically, this should maybe be an even playing field with that. Like, it's not like, oh, Wayne, you don't do the food of a certain culture very good because you're not from that culture. <laughs> you know, when you see a white guy doing Chinese food, it's like, I oh, wait, you're not good at Chinese food because you're not from China. I, oh, I am so surprised. I also did not really know that that upholstering cars the upholstery is a big thing and uh, the in Hispanic, Hispanic community culture. I mean, car. I know car culture is big in in the Hispanic community, but I didn't know specifically upholstering. There may be an inside joke there. Upholstery auto shops have Hispanic people. I didn't didn't know that was a thing. If you want to get your upholstery done right, you go for the fucking Mexicans, for Mm -hmm. sure. And so it's me trying to dance around the fact of like that inconvenient thing, Mm because that sounds really racist, (laughs) isolated. If you want your upholstery done, you go for the Mexicans, for sure. (laughs) You know? (laughs) There's some problematic stuff there. It's a little bit like saying... If I hire someone to do my taxes, he better be a Jew. Right, 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 right. Yeah, like I said, it's this this benefit of the doubt where it's like, hey, this group does this really fucking well. (laughs) And until I'm proven wrong, you know, that's why I thought, like, I'm picking Nacho every fucking time. Right. And also, like, one in particular I thought was, like, the benefit of the doubt thing is, like, when there's a white guy who approaches you and gives you, like, a CD of his rap music (laughs) compared to if there's a black guy. There's a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll listen to you, black guy, with an open mind. I, I ain't going to do it with this white guy. Like, you have not deserved the benefit of the doubt that your rap music is going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and or, that's a total racial stereotype, and I get it. I or, realize that. I mean, a little bit a little bit of that particular example is the numbers game. Look at the field of, like, people who are great at it and, you know, how many of them are white. 
and it's like that's exactly the thing I'm talking about with the upholstery thing and the the Mexican people. You know, the the, the yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just not familiar. You, with you may that not be familiar that, with that that, that particular thing, like but it's thing. it's the same. So you can you know plug in profession whatever kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, it doesn't have to be specific to that profession and ethnic group. It can be just the idea of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. thing is the only acceptable form of racism that there is that uh-huh. until this group proves you wrong you know and uh yeah if you don't know about the upholstery thing if you ever get your car upholstered <laughs> yes yeah, so that's something i do a lot and i i don't know why i keep going to carl so yeah exactly if you did go to carl it'd be fixed like that <laughs> yeah you know every month i go in there to reupholster my car and carl's just like yeah it's gonna take two weeks soup's on soup's on In my brain, I had for the intro, I fucked up because I did throw out the little joke I had about our uh, alien overlord, and I wanted to throw in a little Hail Cthulhu in there, but I didn't. I I thought about, but I didn't want to step on your joke. I I thought about uh, when you said the alien overlord thing. I thought about going like, oh, and I'm coming to you from even farther in the future, where it's a, now a joke that that those aliens ever tried to rule us. Pretzels and Cthulhu showed them. Even try, maybe Hitler was try the best on you can to try the best you can to follow with this. Strange Let's go, uh, Gregorian monk. The enemy say, of my enemy. Hail Cthulhu. Welcome back. We did a lot of table setting on the category or the uh, the premise of the list. Right. Why don't you just give a quick recap? So the list is channel surfing, channel surfing, channel surfing in a galaxy far, far away. This is ideas for what would be the in-universe television channels that if uh, someone, if a character in Star Wars were to, you know, go home and watch Dish Network, this is what they would see. So I'm going to draw first 
on this one. There's a level of convenience on this one because my first choice is going to be like a premium channel. And so that's just trying to say basically HBO. And it's convenient because then I can fit in quite a bit of uh, storylines and narrative kind narrative of stuff. stuff yeah. And this is definitely narrative stuff on HBO. You get the choice between TV shows and movies. I've mm-hmm. actually opted towards the TV shows. Mm-hmm. This, I, I'm pretty sure, is going to be the only ones where I will actually have direct analogs mm-hmm. from what shows HBO provide seen in the Star Wars universe, or I'm hoping I'm not going to lean so desperately on the idea of just trying to make something Star Warsy right. <laughs> in the future. But this one, I feel like, is the one you can do that cheat on. Yeah. Oh, and we totally forgot to mention new rules. We're doing this channel thing. So the idea is that you come up with the channel. You got to have at least three shows that would be on this network. But the person who did not choose the channel also gets to add in a show. So Oklahoma is going to include a choice of a premium. And we all know how important premium is to good old Oklahoma. Makes me point four cents every time. But in particular, because it's kind of a blanket term, and I feel like it's, this is more of an HBO thing than like a Showtime. Like this mm-hmm. isn't the knockoff. This is like this the, is the best. This is the prestige television. Yeah, this is the prestige television. Of course, that's what you want to watch. That's one of the first things you want to go to. Like mm-hmm. the prestige things and not... I'd not want to go movie based as well because it can't just just be a movie channel. HBO is mm. creating their own content, their own yeah. shows, and they have great creators. They got great actors. They do it right. So we talked about the beginning of this of the previous iteration. I had a whole episode on Star Wars before, mm-hmm. and two of my choices has already kind of come to realization, one form or the other, with Disney Plus. Uh, this one hadn't, but it's it's from that original thing, and it's. A story set in the same manner that they did the show The Wire, mm-hmm. where you're exploring all sides of the drug trade, but with Spice. Now, maybe for those who don't know a lot about the Star Wars universe, Spice is basically drugs. Yeah. And it's why it was kind of hidden in plain sight, but like... It, even in the very first A New Hope, the very mm. first iteration of Star Wars, Han being a spice smuggler, mm-hmm. and then that being his big crime, why Jabba was so pissed off at him, that losing the big spice thing and all that. Mm. So the thing that The Wire did, I think that was so successful, and I would like to see executed with a show about spice mm-hmm. and stuff like that, is that it really was all sides of the drug trade in The mm-hmm. Wire. You know, you had your users, you had the cops investigating, you had the dealers, you had the corner boys, you had everyone, every peg in the wheel. Mm-hmm was there and i think that would be very interesting in a premium star wars universe kind of show and that there would be i think even more content there because there's also i know there's particularly spice mines in the home world of the twi'leks and so especially with the twi'lek connection i'm not sure where every type of spice is grown but there's also like a slavery yeah element with the Twi'leks and the spice trade and all of that so you can really get that other opinion that wasn't really offered from that like even if they aren't you know making it or doing whatever if they're this slave and they're having to pat the bosses that's another level in the onion mm-hmm. when it comes to this whole operation right 
Right. And I think the really where the wire strived was showing all the levels in the onion. Mm. You know, I think that's why it made it such a cool show. And then there's also like by showing that you would look at every side as two dimensional characters. Like some of the cops had these terrible things. Three dimensional. Like, yeah, three dimensional characters. Some of the cops would have these things where like, oh, you're a terrible person. Mm -hmm. And some of the drug dealers would have this thing where it's like, this is redeeming. Like you're kind of a good person this way. You yeah. Know? And it just really, I mean, The Wire is a great show. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never seen it, <laughs> I'm sure you've had some asshole tell you about how good it is and how you should see it mm -hmm. but getting into how those dynamics work like the, all the mechanisms behind that i think it is is a great vehicle for class i think it's a great vehicle as well for in another way and something that the wire did very well of like unifying like there would be i think maybe like republic investigators or something like that mm -hmm. maybe there would be the jedi which would be the kind of almost deus ex machina kind of force. Like, I don't mm. picture them as necessarily like a police chief kind of guy, you know, like it's a different thing. But but you could have also a police chief mm. side and how that whole side of the bureaucracy worked. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think there's like local authorities and the Jedi is kind of like the FBI and the CIA. I think also just in this maybe a human thing, but I think it's shown a lot in HBO. Like there is a fascination with this idea of the underworld of like the crime and like mm -hmm. the virtuous criminal, you know, the Bonnie and Clyde, the mm -hmm. pretty boy Floyd, or even like Billy the kid, like mm -hmm. even though they're kind of bad people. I'm going to tie it in as well to my next choice. Mm -hmm. My next choice is going to be the analog is going to be the Sopranos. And it's going to be all about Jabba the Hutt. And again, getting into the crime side of stuff. The thing with the Sopranos was that you took this mob boss mm -hmm. and you just fucking liked him because he's badass. Right. And he's just really cool and interesting. And you follow along and it humanizes and you get all the nuance and stuff like that. And I feel like you can do that with Jabba. Like you can. He's fucking cool. He is badass. He's a magnetic and the fact that like the big thing for me to java the really big selling point is that you know fortuna gets mind tricked and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and java's like you can't mind trick us like he's got a fortitude behind him also he's a very old bean I, he's like a, one of the younger huts but he's still like i think in the definitely over 80 years old so he's seen some shit and i think there is something within the universe especially with baby Yoda, Grogu, and Yoda himself, mm -hmm. but also Chewbacca, I think too. Like Chewbacca is, yeah, much longer Extended lifestyle. ages, there tends to be a more like wisdom. There tends to be a different vibe mm -hmm. where they kind of get it more and aren't quite as reckless, a little bit more centered. They, they become... So Jabba's palace is basically Bada Bing's. And that was the name of Tony Soprano's yes. strip club. I have a question. Sure. So in this premise, though, like in the premise of our list, this is content that exists in the Star Wars world. So Jabba the Hutt's a real would be a, considered a real person. Yeah. So is this like a dramatization, like a kind of a bio? Yeah, it wouldn't have to necessarily or be. Or is it like a fictionalized version of the Jabba, where it's like, it's something the Hut, you know, Bobo the Hut. And but everyone's be, like, oh, this is based on, ja on Jabba. It wouldn't be like a documentary per se. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, especially with how popular the trial was at the time, a lot of people saw the analogies between Tony Soprano and John Gotti. 
And I think whatever is happening with this premium show, there has to also be like the idea like Jabba would be dead at this time. But All right, yes. Jabba would still hold some kind of sway and influence where like lawyers are going to be up my ass if I say Jabba. You know what right. I mean? But obviously Jabba isn't alive, so Jabba's not playing himself. This is a TV show, it's a dramatization. Right, but it's not like it's not straight biopic of of Exactly. Uh, this isn't a walk the line of Jabba yeah, the, the, but, is, or, but maybe a better analogy, this isn't Black Mass. This isn't like, let's go through what we know about this guy and do it. But it's mm-hmm. in the same way that like they didn't go through line for line what John Gotti was doing, but everyone kind of saw Tony Soprano's pretty much John Gotti. That, that, that's mm-hmm. the type, you know? Yeah. He's a different person, and you want to have that too because also Java was kind of fucking weird, had his own stuff going on. But this idea of this crime lord, this crime boss... He's an interesting, Jabba has an interesting backstory. He has an interesting, you know, just the stuff from like extended that I've tried to do research to stay on my shit for this. Like he isn't the typical baddie. You know, he's not just the sociopath. He's thinking ahead with stuff. He has a plan. He's like ruthless and has all these terrible things about him, of course. But like, I think that he is a personage that you could warm up to the same way that you warm up to Tony Soprano. Yeah. You know, and Sopranos was a flagship for a long time for HBO. Like there's there's an audience for that. My third one isn't necessarily on script. And it's hard because, yeah, this is another one of like, we're not necessarily using the person, but I have a particular type and name and thing. But this isn't a biopic thing. Right. This is another show. And it may be odd when you hear the name, but I'm going comedy on this one. I was going to say, is this going to be a Mr. Is, is Mr. Show your analog for uh, for this one? Oh, I didn't think of Mr. Show. That would be good. Oh, I don't even know where I'd begin with that. No, uh, this is one I'm actually, I'm wanting to borrow from a couple camps with the comedy thing so i'm gonna guess first larry sanders larry sanders is in there but it's not the primary are they all hbo things they're both hbo things so there's two more or there's one one more uh, larry sanders i want to borrow from there's a character from larry sanders i want to borrow from to personify the lead in this yeah you're not gonna get it so i'm just gonna give it to you the other one is veep oh okay see you wouldn't have got that yeah I, I never got into it. But obviously, it's got Julie Louise Dreyfus yes. playing Selena K- Myers, the Selena Meyer. It's not plural, is it? I'm more of a, a New Seth Adventures Myers. of Old Christine fan. But she's playing uh, the vice president. Hey, that's why I had some good people. Well, fucking Wanda Sykes was on that shit. Veep, I did catch some of. It was very good. No, no, it no. It was funny. On, Wanda Sykes no. was on the New Adventures of Old Christine. I, I know what you're saying. I'm just trying to defend the HBO show, which I'm including as my thing. Mm-hmm. The reason why it has to be Veep, though, is that I want to have a show and a comedy to boot about the vice chair of the Galactic Senate, Mas Amida. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of blank stares about who the fuck is this. Do you know who it is, Oklahoma? I do not remember, no. Okay, so during the Senate scenes and the prequels... Mm. There was a guy who was all blue. He had head tails. He had some that pointed up and that had horns. Oh, and then yeah, yeah, some yeah. that pointed kind of down and had little under horns yeah, as well. Yeah, I know well. what you're talking about now. 
yeah. Okay. That is a uh, Chagrin is I think the name right. of the species that he is in particular. So he was what's funny though is that was he, he was not only the vice chair of the Galactic Senate under Palpatine, mm. but he was also Chancellor Valorum's. Mm. He was the vice chancellor there as well. And so he was like the number two in command for the, he was the second command for the leader who Palpatine ended up replacing. So he was already there and established. Like he gets stuck in this vice role. Right. So another, and I kind of hinted towards it earlier, but like another reason is that he has some interesting things after Palpatine dies because he's basically the figurehead of the empire as well. Mm -hmm. He follows him all the way through. But he didn't have any, like, military power. And so there was this other military, like, I think his name was Rex Gallius or something like that, who basically controlled all of the fleet and all the military infrastructure and all of that. So Moss goes to Leia and Moan, the the redhead, Bob, short-haired girl. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, okay. She goes to them as kind of representatives of the Republic. He goes to them to try to, like, surrender and do all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And they're like, you don't have any real control. Come back when you can actually surrender the Empire. Otherwise, you're just one dude, and that's not fucking good enough. You know what I mean? (laughs) So he has this interesting story afterwards of, like, he was this straw man, and there was no real anything behind him ever. And he kind of has this, like, tragic stuff go on there. And then from the transition from the first Chancellor Valorum to Palpatine... When Valorum ends up getting ousted, so he sees this way, okay, I'm going to, like, manipulate all these different planets, and I'm going to, you know, get Palpatine out of here and all this kind of stuff. And Palpatine let it all happen because it was all kind of going towards his agenda in the first place. And then finally Palpatine, like, confronted him, like, oh, you're going behind my back, conniving and doing all these little plans and stuff, but you're actually doing what I want. Like, he was, he he had to explain to him, like, you're a useful idiot. (laughs) Like, you think that you're... You're trying to, you know, get against me and get the better of me, but you're doing exactly what I want you to. Right. So those kind of characterizations, I don't feel like Selena Meyer really incorporates. And this is where the Larry Sander comes. He's Hank Kingsley. Mm-hmm. Did you see that already? Did you I see this a mile coming. away? I saw that coming, yeah. Mm. You get Hank Kingsley. He's like he's the sidekick too. Hank Kingsley. Like you take that characterization, but put it in this vice president. Mm thing there's other about his species there's other funny stuff where like they don't actually taste food like they actually will get computers and get the nutritional value of food and they'll eat stuff that other species would consider growth but gross but they just like this is the most nutritious this is what's actually going to help me but they have like no concern at all for any kind of taste or anything like that they could give two shits and uh there was a deleted scene from phantom i think originally lucas wanted to have like the forked tongue and it was actually more from the actual tongue like the sensory stuff in their nose pretty much had no function at all and actually a lot of our taste of food people don't realize comes from more of the nose than the actual tongue the taste buds themselves there's like four things but how you get all the nuance of a steak compared to you know a chocolate mousse or whatever is actually all through the the smell receptacles Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, if you're like really, really stuffed up, you can't really taste anything. Exactly. So I think there's some comedy with like the not smelling thing or like getting out the little device, but like to really play up the useful idiot thing and not even like go too much into his personal bio or whatever, but just have it like be that figure and that. Yeah. And I think that alien as well, that, that class of alien, like you're definitely giving a nod to the fact of like, if you know your history, you know exactly what we're talking about here. So I guess that's my third choice. What do you got? Oklahoma. So I'm going to use this opportunity to pitch something I tried to pitch a couple of times on the uh, unaired pilot version of this podcast. Uh, if we're talking prestige content being made, I for a while have thought, how are they not picking up the obvious? Lucas was inspired by samurai movies. How have we not had a Seven Samurai style spinoff, Seven Jedi? How are we not here yet? And I want to see something like that. It's very appropriate to actually have something about Jedi because for the last however many years, maybe a couple decades, there would have been a stranglehold on any kind of content with mm -hmm. the Jedi because you have the Imperials and you, uh, you got Order 66. Yeah, you got they want to wipe them out. They want possible, to you got Inquisitors running around trying and they find any Jedi's that are still you know, around. They would have had that kind of stuff on lockdown. There would have been somebody who had this project. It's like, I've been waiting 40 years for shit to be able to work all together. Like, I finally got my shot. Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Like, Jedi have kind of become these myths. They went from, like, everyday presence. Like, you know, Jedi, that was a real thing. It was like the feds coming right. to your door. It was when the Jedi's came. That was, like, the big guns. To being this kind of, like, pseudo-legend. It like, would have been essentially what the samurai were to Akira Kurosawa. Exactly. So I'm saying, like, I want to see some samurai, some real prestige art house samurai films. You know, the seven samurai, but about Jedi, where people are making these films about Jedi the way Kurosawa was you making You want a film as well. Here's what I'm pitching for your premium channel as an idea for your premium channel. A month-long retrospective on the Akira Kurosawa of Jedi films. So it's not showing the or it's getting bits of the film with a bunch of explanation some of that but also like each saturday they're showing a different one of his films for like eight weeks or something and then there's different specials interspersed in there going into different aspects like behind the scenes maybe uh going into the, like the explaining the source material and like the stories and what we know but also like a thing where you've got like this artiste who is who is like makes the signature jedi movies mm. and and doing like a thing that's like kind of a celebration of him so right. you'd see the movies as well but there wouldn't be like uh this would be a completely made-up story right this wouldn't be like something like end of attack of the clones the bell geonosa the way they all have the different they have the huge army coming no, this against would not be historical Anakin. Films. this would not yeah. this would not be like uh you're telling you know, a story with this is not like dunkirk story. right um no this would be like this is fictionalized stories of jedi doings during the height of the jedi era you know the way the samurai movies are about like the samurai the time when the samurai are flourishing kind of thing but you're using the same um model of seven samurai where you got yes a dramatic film, uh, an original narrative or story. Or those unawares, The Magnificent Seven. Yes. If, if you haven't seen Seven Samurai. Both excellent movies. The old, the original Magnificent Seven with the old Brenner and shit. Not. No, no I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that Magnificent Seven is still derivative of the Kurosawa. Well, it's a 
it's a remake. Yeah. It's not entirely, it's not, that being derivative and being an actual remake are like two different things. Did Kurosawa get That's like saying that? Shakespeare's work is derivative, you know? It's like, no, we don't really say that, you know? Right. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to get into any ball of wax with that there. Um, but I, I think that. It, that's kind of what you're talking about, though, is that, you know, just as the Magnificent Seven made a version of the Seven Samurai, a remake of the Seven Samurai mm. that was put into the old, the Wild West mm. context, you're talking about taking the Seven Samurai and making a Star Wars context, having a, a world where these Jedis come together to protect this planet kind of yes. thing, right? Um, you're, you're using all the same tropes and storyline and all this basic kind of same I stuff. I would also, yeah, I would definitely like to see that, but I could also see it being stretched out in terms of it not just being like one movie that shows on this. It could be a whole series right. where it's like, you know, Samurai Saturdays, you know, it's 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 Jedi Tuesdays, you know, a classic well, every every Tuesday at 9 they play a classic Jedi movie. But you, know? you could also see it be made into a series and being something because it's like a whole planet. Each episode a different samurai gets to save a part of a planet like a certain town a certain thing you know they're all well, going yeah, towards that, that particular story and stretch it out bad. into a season as well yeah right. um, i'm almost more pulled towards that that was what i originally that, pitched it was for the making a thing a series right it feels more up the alley of the premium hbo kind of content mm-hmm. because that does feel kind of um american movie channel or classics or whatever the if you're doing called. it just as like if you're doing it as a whole month event where you're gonna talk yeah. about this part of it and that part of it yeah know. it is a little more yeah tmc but right i was just trying to say it's like you could do more than just that one thing with it and uh, of it just being like a movie that's a remake of the seven samurai that with jedi um but yeah you could do it as like a I don't know why you run away from that. I mean, that's pretty bitching in its first place. It is itself, but for this context of the idea of it being a thing, like you would pitch for this channel. But you're, you're pitching pitch it for a channel for who's channel. never heard of uh, Akira Kurosawa. You're exactly. pitching it for a whole world and universe where Magnificent Seven isn't a thing, and this is all, you know. So. Yeah, but if you so if you worked in a narrative where it kind of was in a meta sense doing seven samurai but of course there's nothing in the context of it being that channel of it uh, at that inner level there's nothing talking about it being any kind of remake or anything but it's like the people watching this the people watching the characters in star wars watching this would get that meta level of like oh it's seven samurai but yeah, basically something that, you know, does for Jedi really gets into that samurai aspect and really focuses kind of on like, because I think it would be interesting to see the way that the Jedi are, Jedi are kind of mythologized inside the culture. Like that has a unique spin to it here where right. we're doing this idea of the channels. Mm-hmm. So not only is it, you know, who doesn't want to see more Jedi and like, you know, kind of see like what, what else are the Jedi up to other than this one conflict and when they're, you know, all but wiped out and then resurrected and you know what's just like out there in the world of jedi at a point where they're kind of where this thing where they've gone away has kind of happened and people are not getting information about them it's being censored and so it's they're kind of they're they're at that early stages of fading into myth almost kind of like only a few steps shy of like getting to that king arthur level where there's like well historians will point to this and this and this and this but we've definitely mythologized mythologized this thing and put a whole personal spin on it, you know, very much like Samurai. It would be at that point yeah. of Akira Kurosawa making a Samurai movie. Like, the Samurai aren't really around anymore. They were a real thing, but there's also a certain 
romanticism and certain like elements that were not you know 100 true to history right. that kind of became attached with them or same thing with like ninjas mm-hmm. you know ninjas have kind of taken on this life of their own that's not exactly all that historically accurate but that's kind I of the, these know. things have kind of become part of it yes not, the way we portray ninjas with no, the whole I think the, not the media has really done a good job particularly with a ninja rap and i think most ninjas had to do a dance with vanilla ice before becoming ninjas i may be wrong on that i mean it depends whether you're ethnically ninja or uh culturally ninja so but no there's like the jedi are just starting on that path like there's still some people around who aren't talking about it but who remember jedi Oh, like yeah, new sure. fucking Jedi, but they're starting to become a little more rare. Like they're old now. I think it's interesting to look at like the Jedi and do stories, you know, about the Jedi that are right at that point. This is maybe a couple steps in. Like it's not the first thing to be kind of setting some of these tropes that are going to become part of the kind of Jedi lore. Mm-hmm. The way you know we have like the pirate accent and the ninja jumpsuit. You know, this is but this is maybe like the fourth or fifth thing to start really establishing these things and make. Making it like okay, this has now become a thing about Jedi in terms of this co- this point in culture's view. Where like if you showed, then you show it to like a, a ninety year old, and he'd be like, "Well, you know, I knew a Jedi. Actually, you know, they didn't talk like that, and they didn't wear." things they world something a little different it's not quite like that and that kind of thing but where it's it's starting to really take hold right. the kind of mythologizing yeah and then seven samurai is a pretty flawless story so really it, it is one of those um level of like the american monomyth and you know just like so perfect in his representation you don't have to have one culture or one time or one any kind of element on it for it to work like it's it's, it's timeless it's timeless you could put that as long as someone has consciousness seven samurai works yeah you just got to plug in the whatever for the time and place but it that whole premise just works without time so it would be very easy to plug it in why don't we take a moment and we will get to oklahoma's channel that we're going to be surfing onto next because i'm not going to be able to top that so (laughs) let's spend a sec then we will get to premium premium oh no not premium we already did premium we did premium but i just wanted to say it so i can get my 0.4 cents right does that work if I say it? Because I said premium a lot. That was my premium channel. I mean, it works for me. I every time you say it as well, I right. get point four cents. Yeah, that's you what I'm trying to say. You it's just, it's to just the word that needs to be said. So every time I said premium, I was making you some cash. Yes. Uh, again, as as devotees will know, we split the proceeds from this zero one hundred percent. You, me. Right. So let's get to a break before I lose more money. Well, you don't have to pay me it. Premium pays me it. Foster's premium. My soul. It's Australian for beer. My soul has to pay it. <laughs> Every time your little fucking eyes light up and that shit grin goes on your face. Okay. It's what I'm here for. Soup's on, people. Soup's on. So welcome back from the break. What's your channel here, Oklahoma? 
Where where we go from our premium? Well, I'm going the other way. I'm saving my premium for last. Oh. As always, directed by Lukewarm. So I started off with kind of the obvious one. Like, you, you, you got to go here. Like, it's just too obvious not to do it. And that's, you got to do a sports channel. Mm. Question. Recognized. Nice. Is this like you're doing an ESPN suite where, like, you're doing all these different sports and you can catch it on ESPN 1 or ESPN 2 or 3 or Ocho or <laughs> that's a dodgeball reference or is this something where it's like I got one channel here and I'm just going to kind of fill it with all these different sports I'm thinking you have a system where or are you doing something where it's like you got one sport and that's all that channel is I'm imagining a system where this has got offshoots where you have the main channel and all the actual sporting events themselves are all on the offshoot uh, channels. So there's like an offshoot channel dedicated to all the different sporting events happening. This is the best of the best matches. This but, is what, if you just don't no, care about this sport at all, these are the good ones. No, it's, this is, this would be the main channel where it's what they do is all about the sports. Oh. So like to see any of the sporting events, maybe you'd see there'd be like a, like a, a sports center, like a highlights show, you know, like a sport, a wrap up, you know, nightly, uh, you know, at like 11 o'clock or whatever it is, you know, right. where they do the wrap up of what went on. But the actual airing of any of the particular uh, sporting events would all be on the sub channels. And this would all be like content about, this would all be, it'd be like a whole channel of doing like. It's a whole sports center channel. Kind of like you'd have like the shows with like, you know, the. It's opinions. a recap of everything. Well, kind of, you'd have that, but then you'd have other content relating to the things. I guess not, maybe not always not showing the sporting event. You'd show some, but then you'd also have stuff like, you know, like the, like ESPN's 30 for 30, you know, where they have these sports documentary things. Okay. They okay. do, or that kind of, you'd have different content, so it wouldn't just be airing the sporting events. It sounds like it would basically be what ESPN is now, where like the big, huge matches, you know, you're going to have your Sunday night football or whatever day they have now. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have the big events. You're going to, you know, whatever is going to get your best shares. But then also, you're not just going to watch the small stuff. You would have filler with, you know, sports centery kind of shows. And yeah. Recaps. And, exactly. You know, analysis not... and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So okay, you're not concerned shows. just with having, you know, as many events going on as possible. You just want the top tier, what everyone's really interested yes. in. Exactly. This is like the big ticket stuff. And, and like I said, some of it is content about the sports. History, analysis, what's going on, highlights, news center, opinions, sure. interviews, all that kind of stuff. So the shows, are you you're picking, are you picking those analysis uh, recap based programming? Or are you picking the sports that are the mainstays and then you just within the channel, those are there? I have like specific ideas for like what individual programs could be. Okay. So like the first one, probably the most well-known sport at this point in the Star Wars universe for most people who've seen anything of it, pod racing. You can't have this conversation without pod racing. Exactly. Um, so, but what I want to see is I was picturing a show that kind of like that American Chopper show kind oh, of okay. where it's not about the races it would be a show all about the pods and it would be about this shop that does like it they're like the leading they're the ferrari of the pod racing world like these guys are like the deluxe 
racing vehicle uh, shop. Like, all the best go to these guys, you know? And it would be a reality show just about them going about their work on, like, the world's top pod racers' pods. Them being, like, the world's premier pod racing mechanics. So, it's kind of a mix, though, but I, there is actually something at HBO that reminds me of this a lot. Like, they'll follow a team during, like, training camp there's a particular name for the show but i am coming up blank on it for some reason but it would be that idea of like you're getting all the behind the scenes yes you're getting the mechanics behind the scenes and this is what that show does with they'll follow a team each year in the nfl and they get all the locker room stories. They get, you know, tryouts, you know, and yeah. all those kind of like the how the sausage is made. Exactly. Kind of stuff. So you have that with pod racing. Yeah. Okay. Because you get like the interesting behind the scenes stuff. You get the cool, they're testing out these things and they're building these cool and designing these cool things. So you get like the gearhead kind of aspect. Nice. You know, they're really getting into the being the car nerd kind of thing. Getting all Jay Leno with some pod, with some pod racers. And uh, it'd be so funny if you maybe had a Jay bit of, Leno as a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> and as Jay Leno. No, but, yeah. I didn't say <laughs> you find a Jay Leno type or put him as a character. You get Jay Leno. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you would get Jay Leno as playing Jay Leno. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Somehow, he's not playing somebody else. No, he's not playing some other character. You he's get Jay Leno. Him. He is Jay Leno. And yeah. he's a. Uh, yeah, and it just turns out he's way older than we thought. <laughs> Would you be better with his little hybrid? Like R2 and him like have these long conversations. And like yeah. His little wickles are... But yeah, something like, you know, that really gets into kind of the that aspect of uh, breaking down what goes into making these pods and like what goes into winning these races and stuff, you know, and then mixed with the kind of the cool factor, the fun factor of checking out like these people making these deluxe. You're seeing how the sausage is made and, and it also happens to be like the best sausage. It would kind of almost be like if pod racing was the NBA, this would be like a thing about Phil Knight and Nike. Oh. It's like it's about the shoes. Right. You know? Right. And this is it's about the pod. It's almost more of a NASCAR thing. This is about the pit crew. Exactly. This is about the pit crew. This is yeah, this is about the pit crew and the the mechanics who build these things. Right. And and I, I think you could like my first thought was like you do one where it's like a show where it follows, you know, the guys who were the best of the best. Because we saw like the Tatooine's a backwater planet. Right. Like so, you know, this is the races that are going on here. For all we know, this is like galaxy wide. Yeah. And so it's like if you go to, you know, Corsican, it's like it puts that race there like to shame. That's like a a county fair derby compared to the the grand prix kind of thing like i want to see the pit crews at the grand prix of fraud of pod racing oh yeah you want to see the upper echelon actually i'm gonna say a spread i want to see a show where it follows different pit crews at like different levels in like different places where it's getting into like multiple levels of you know you've got your nascar you've got your grand prix you've got your formula one you've got your off-road one whatever that one's the where they do the driving on the dirt there's like a whole competition where it's like cross-country driving almost kind of but you'd want to have the pod race thing as the common denominator like yes you're, you're not going from like grand prix to like atv desert race kind of stuff you're, no. you're creeping always with the same medium of we're using pod racers we're using this particular machine yes right yeah i think that i mean it works really nice because it it is almost like a top gear kind of thing kind of vibe which i like mm -hmm. a 
lot and would be much more interested than biographies of those racers, whatever. Like, uh-huh. you're getting into, like, all the mechanics and the cool stuff going on there. Like I said, it's almost kind of like that American Chopper where you're watching these, like, people at work building these cool machines that are going to do this thing. And almost, like, a little bit like watching them build stuff on Mythbusters, kind of. The fun of watching them, like, when they build stuff on Mythbusters would be the kind of fun of watching these guys build these pods. Seeing different crews, how they build their different pods. It'd really be about, like, the art of being a mechanic, a pod mechanic. And builder you bring it back to reality tv you call it the amazing pod race and then you bring all the different people Uh that you mentioned all the different levels and you put them all together in one arena so you get to have the cinderella stories you get to have the one Uh in the backwoods maybe can kick the ass of the guy who's the grand prix who's got all the money but just like you level the playing field all together and then put them all into one spot i mean i could see that too that yeah cool. a real tournament of champions kind of thing of like this guy's the best from the grand prix style this guy's the best from this other style this guy's the best from this circuit down here and this right. guy's this guy's the best you know in in this area you know and you actually track down all these bests and then put them all together but that could be a cool event too but i'm looking more it would like be an, an event, but show. i think i think what you're talking about and i like it a lot um the best way i think to describe it is that like you're putting a spotlight in the spot that no one ever looks yeah you're 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 focusing on the unsung heroes yeah that's the whole premise exactly you're not doing the race itself it isn't about that kind of stuff it's about these guys are working their ass off in the pits making sure that you know you can go that point zero two percent faster by Mm -hmm. putting this little thing there yeah exactly and let's see the second one is more of showing the sporting event i want to see a world championship of poker style thing with the card game and i fucking forget that i can't remember yes that they play in solo that we see solo and uh and lando betting Uh, the millennium falcon on i want to see the world series of sabacc exactly and just get like some weird you could have some weird characters and it's just weird commentary we didn't talk about that one off mic and that is so perfect but yeah definitely espn will show stuff like it because it is a game yeah when you get to the big high stakes stuff you're gonna get some viewership and you would make the argument that maybe even higher viewership sometimes the game like sabacc because it's such a compelling yeah i want to see that with all the like kind of weird people because like you watch the world series of poker those people are all characters man those people are all goddamn characters there's always the one guy with the glasses and the headphones on you know they did a great job in solo with donald glover just playing up lando stuff yeah and getting i mean the the obvious significance that the sabat game was how he lost the falcons so yeah very important to show that scene in the first place but like it is a really cool interesting game and uh that would be like an annual event you think i assume so yeah that's something more like so you would just you would just be showing on your network though like the final table right like this is just yeah. the best of the best best of the best you know because there's always that tournament style you all gotta trickle down but this yeah is that the, would all be on the sub channel this is exactly that's the that's that's what you're talking about earlier that's the sub channel stuff this is the final table yeah of world series of sabacc and you know what i'm gonna go with this how dare you i don't know what it is yet color commentary they can say that word we can't you're gonna love it even more because i'm about to say lando lando's the celebrity lando calrissian is the celebrity commentator on the world championship of sabat important question uh uh-huh. 
witch. Well, if we're going Mando timeline, then it's Billy D. Williams. You know what would fucking just tickle me so hard? Seeing a Colt 45 commercial with Lando. <laughs> Oh my god, I think I could die happy man if I saw that. <laughs> so that's something I'd want to see. So apparently vine swinging is a sport in uh, the uh, Star Wars universe. And this is involving Wookiees or Ewoks? Ewoks. And, it's Ewoks. Um, I think it's, 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 this is very like local sport shit. Well, the Ewoks this are not would like, be... out there traveling yeah. a lot. Exactly. This wouldn't be like, oh, fuck. What did they have? There's a name where it's like, this is soccer. You know, you're reading through it and you're, you're like, they're talking about all the rules and all yeah, that. Yeah, they were describing one like, it's Star Wars Football, soccer. however you want to call it from wherever you're from. But football. like, it's yeah. Football, football is, is this one. Football is that. No, football is that one because here where we are because that sounds more like spanish in england they play football they don't play soccer they play football it's pronounced football they do not pronounce it foot yeah but they're the british so who gives a fuck spanish pronounce it football uh, the french pronounce you're it football. scottish the italians your scottish it would pronounce it football uh no my scottish would pronounce it football Le foot. yeah that's what they called it Le foot. Yeah, of course they did so lazy they can't even say the back half of a word Oh my god, that may be the best insult ever on the French. So lazy they can't even pronounce the back end of a word. <laughs> but this is definitely regional and... Oh, man, I really feel like is even a step below of, like, ESPN showing cornhole throwing or something like that. It's even, like, lower level than that. I, I don't know if, like, the premium ESPN... I'm picturing Maybe it, he has a documentary? I'm you picturing know? it a little bit as more of, like, maybe like kind of a documentary kind like of the thing. the origins or just, like, explaining it as like, a game. It would be, like, if some native people in South America started playing the, the Aztec game where you have, like, the leather ball and you have to bounce oh, off yeah, your, like, yeah, yeah, into yeah, the yeah. hoop with your hips right, or whatever. Right, right, um, It was like if some people started bringing that back and then ESPN did a show covering that. Well, but also on the other side, how many times have you seen High Lie on ESPN? Well, because no one's bringing it back, but, you know, I'm saying get on that, people. Where am I Never really at? left... Highlight. No, Highlight is a different one, isn't it? No, no, I'm talking about like older than that. Like I'm talking like pre Cortez. The thing is, well, is that I, the I, Ewoks were... would be contemporaneous, so it's not like they're bringing back something that died away. They had been doing vine swinging for the whole fucking time, right? Denied. I'm thinking now what I want to see, and this isn't ESPN, but this would be ESPN going into some like scripted content. And this is scripted content elsewhere, but that could, you know, I could see if ESPN was like our first scripted content and this was it. Ted Lasso, a freestyle zero-G swimming coach who, some, you. who somehow <laughs> accidentally kind of gets hired. Like, you know, like Ted Lasso was a football coach and he got hired to coach football by accident. He was an American football coach. He got hired to coach an English team, an English club team, you know, of soccer, what we call soccer, football, there, not knowing anything about the sport. It's like a guy 
who's supposed to, and he thinks he's starting up doing this, and it turns out like, oh, wait, no, this was a mix-up. Now you're coaching this. uh." I have to fucking make some explanation, do some behind the curtains. We were talking about Star Wars sports, and I just started naming off shit. Somehow, one of those names stuck in Oklahoma's head and decided he's just going to throw it in there. But that is canon. That is an actual sport done with Star Wars. That was not made up. The Zero-G was not made up. Wookiee, it's on Wikipedia. So there is an instructor in the zero zero G's who comes to the Wookiees. No, goes to the Ewoks and ends up the Ewoks. I mean, a a vine accidentally gets hired to. But are they? They're going back to the zero G. No, he now has to coach vine swinging, knowing nothing oh. about the sport of vine swinging. I don't know how you mix up. No, I get, maybe I, because of like a no, I thing. get the instructor thing. Yeah, that's fucking good. And you know what? Just because it's sports, don't mean it can't be premium. Don't mean you can't bring some fucking art to that fucking medium and have some interesting good shows. Mm-hmm. Just because ESPN does their thing doesn't mean that the Galaxy would do it the same way. Mm-hmm. It would actually be cool if Ted Lasso was really on like ESPN or like on a real sports mm-hmm. thing. Is that your uh, last example, or was there yeah, something yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, I had the I had the pod racing mechanics. I had the Lando presents the uh, World Series. And the Lando and uh, presented World Series is the only real like game that you're actually watching in real time. The other stuff are a little bit more like behind the scenes or. Well, yeah, because I wanted to have a couple of ideas of other things you could do. Because otherwise, I could just say like, "Hey, they show the sports. Like they show pod races. Make it more interesting. They show 3D ball, gravitron, whatever the fuck. I don't know their soccer thing was called. Um, you know, they show the water freestyle, no gravity water swimming." Like, it's easy just to say, oh, well, here's the things that they've listed as sports, and and they just show that. So I wanted to have a couple other things, like, here's some other, like, extra stuff you could you could throw on like i said there's a lot of things you could do like talking head shows where it's like opinions you know people talking about the what's the latest like sports talk well no but speaking of that playing under new rules and me being able to get contribution on that decision i'm actually kind of doing that traditional oh what if we saw this i would actually want to see the whole event tastefully cut together because i realize you know this event would be very long it couldn't just be like 90 minutes because my my idea is an endurance race, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to think there's a movie out there about a horse endurance race called Hidalgo. The really famous one, Lawrence of Arabia, that's a camel endurance race. Mm-hmm. This is all the same kind of thing. You got your animal, your mount, you go to this other spot and you got to go through these, all the, the train Harsh in between. Train. This isn't, you know, a sprint. This is a marathon. Yeah, weather the environments and stuff. And I almost feel like there's also a combination with those events and then the Iditarod mm-hmm. in Alaska because I want to set it in Hawk and I want to see Tauntauns. And I love Tauntauns. Like, I don't know why I have, like, a connection. I've always just thought they're the coolest. So I would just love, adore to see an event of a Tauntaun endurance race. You go across this big vast area in Hoth and you make out the markers all that kind of stuff but I would be so fascinated with that and endurance races are fascinating in the first place because there's a lot of whereas there's always like physical talent and just you know athletic 
prowess and all that kind of stuff like endurance is really a chess game and it's really like i need to make sure i don't push too hard here because i'm gonna have to be there later it's 3d chess it's really playing up a lot of stuff but especially with like an icicle condition like and it would be one of those however fucking crazy harsh or whatever it's like you expect some deaths (laughs) it doesn't matter how big the field is like you go on that icicle and then do an endurance thing like they're gonna be some motherfuckers die and that's gonna be part of maybe the calculus that you have to do it's got a little bit of climbing everest in there oh for sure Oh, yeah, definitely. With those conditions in Hoth. Now, do you you see this as like a straight shot, more Iditarod? Or are you seeing this more like this is like a cross-country thing where it's like multiple days, you know, and they're like... Well, Iditarod is multiple days, isn't it? Is the Iditarod multiple days? I believe so. Oh, I thought it was just like it was something that was like 18 hours or something. Like, they don't stop. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I haven't really looked into a lot of information. I know they... It's the sled race yeah. with the dogs. And I, then it's long and, and arduous. But but like the Hidalgo thing, I think that was the thing where like they were crossing like the continent and shit. Like right. and it was like they had at point there were points where people had to stop and rest and it was like you had to be strategic about how much you rested and how much you didn't. Like you were saying, you had to play like that three D chess game of like I'm more in, interested in that endurance as a resource. And I'm more also interested with like the idea that like he didn't make that checkpoint, so he's out now. It would be better rather than like watching it the whole time, but just having it like a half hour show where each day you get like all the highlights you know kind of thing but i'm more intrigued by that kind of thing because as well it's like you got to make camp too that's why i'm saying like you didn't make that checkpoint well you're out now because you won't be able to get to that certain camp and then you're not gonna fucking survive survive in these elements without being there i guess i really it's the 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 marathon race in particular there's this whole story behind it of you know the athenians fighting the persians and running all the way to athens and him yelling nike and then collapsing and dying and the amount that he ran is what a marathon is and all this kind of stuff i think that whether it needs to be a multi-day week kind of thing or just a one-day thing like there's got to be something in that tradition at hoth or something like that there's got to be some kind of something that for me is much more important to be the guiding light than oh it's got to be four days or whatever like that that doesn't mean anything but if there's like if you can make up some kind of story or there's something in the lore of a story of a big Uh trek that somebody took you know even if it's you know how long it took for han solo to get luke skywalker or whatever that actually could be feasible for a modern audience right so let's say that's not already out there in the canon so you're getting to create that piece of the canon you're getting to come up with this backstory of like here's the reason why this is the length of this event on hoth like the the backstory for it as a creator of this which do you go for do you put an in-universe thing of like it's a multi-day event or it's like a it's like a dawn to dusk race for me because of the way the conditions are and once the the sun goes down you're dead mm-hmm. essentially but for me that's a combination so it's more interesting doing a multi-day thing mm-hmm. because you're already on a dawn to dusk race if you don't get to this certain spot and get your shit set together you're gonna you know, be frozen you're gonna be dead anyway yeah. It it doesn't have to be as simple as like you have to get to this checkpoint, but if you can't find the proper spot for a shelter to make yeah your camp, then you're you're gonna be screwed mm-hmm. and you're gonna die. So yeah. 
Because as well with that multi-day trip too, then as the days go on, things start to get in the focus. Okay, this is the field now. Like we started with uh, 100 people. The first day, only 80 people made it to that checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Second day, only 60. Okay, now we're down to 20 people. Like, so this what, is like This is a brutal. little bit more this high stakes. Lots of people are dying. Well, no, but it doesn't have to be death, though. That's the other thing is that, like, if you have that realization, I'm not going to make it to the next checkpoint, then you get a snow speeder out there, you pick them up, you go away. Yeah, like you have a flare to Right, exactly. No. Like, I drop out, come get me. Uh, Yeah, it has to be some kind of humanity behind it. You just don't want to, you know, have it be a death sport. Yeah, because I was going to say, it's kind of almost becoming half Iditarod, half uh, Tour de France, and half Death Race 2000. Yeah, Yeah. right. Um, (laughs) And then, actually, as well, it would be like maybe a once in a decade feat that actually it gets done. That actually it gets... Oh, like most years, the winner is the person who got the furthest, not the person who actually completed it. Exactly. It was such a great, huge feat for whatever the mythology was that actually happened that... Mm -hmm. Most times, you don't get all the way there. You just try to get as close as you can. Yeah, that could be cool. Let's get a little break, and then we will get to the first non-holiday episode joint outro ever. Indeed, we will. Soup's on, people. Soup's on. Soup, come out and play. I see you leaving me. Taking up with the enemy Cold comfort of an in-between Little last Okay, welcome back. The denouement of the first episode of season three. Thank you guys for being around and listening this far in. Oklahoma, we should probably give some legal before we explain and do our little joint outro here. All right. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast is a Gadzooks and Nerd production. That's Gadzooks, G-A-D-Z-O-O-K-S. Find us on the web at gadzooksandnerd.com slash meow. Yes, meow. M-E-O-W. If you like the music, you can find more at gadzooksandnerd.com slash fields. That's fields, F-I-E-L-D-S. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast and its contents are, except for the steal this joke joke, the wholly owned and copyrighted property of Gadzooks and Nerd. So don't go stealing any of it, except, of course, for the steal this joke joke. Or we'll have to sick big pretzel on you. Any works, products, content, Concepts or otherwise intellectual property not owned by Gadzooks and Nerd, mentioned or discussed in the Nerd Obscurial podcast, are done so under fair use for the purposes of commentary, critique, and obviously comedy. So please don't sue us because we can't actually sick big pretzel on anyone. The views, ideas, opinions, and beliefs expressed in the Nerd Obscurial podcast are solely those of its creator and your esteemed host, Eric the Troubadour, and do not represent the views, opinions, or beliefs of any individual or entity named, referenced, or alluded to in this podcast, including but not limited to. Billy D. Williams, Leonard Nimoy, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter and its parent companies, The Buggles, me, The Oklahoma Kid, Lab Rats and their parent companies, Beyonce, Bruce Campbell, my wife and her parent companies, the great state of Oklahoma, and of course, all cats everywhere on the internet, hail Cthulhu. So, the very first tie of Lightning Round. Regular season tie. Regular season tie. Regular season tie. There was one on a Christmas episode, a holiday episode. It came to me about a phrase used in the radio world called hitting the post. So the idea is you 
are introducing these songs on a radio station, there's always a little bit, the beginning of the song, where there's an instrumental, there's nothing integral to the song itself. Use that time to, you know, do promos, say whatever the fuck you want to as a DJ. And then you have to get out before the song really, the song kicks, in. really kicks in. So I thought we should do a little game of hitting the post. All right. Now, am I supposed to do this as a radio DJ or as... You just say whatever the hell you want to. The whole point is to have whatever you need to say be done before the real part of the song begins. So I guess, Oklahoma, you want to go first? Sure. Well... It's been a good old time down here on the farm. We want to say hello to our good friend Maisie Williams, and God bless. We want to say hello and God bless to our good friend Taylor Kitch. We want to say, dude, can you at least turn around to SNL's Mike Myers? Oh, didn't hit the post. Nope. I had to say a non-hit of the post there. I thought I had another round. Right. All right. See if you can do it. Hey, Thunderheads. You better keep your eyes on the sky tonight. It's going to be a hot one. Temperature's going to get about triple digits. So if you got some special things that you need to keep cool, make sure to keep her cool. I'm Jazzy D and the D Fantastics. We're going to be hitting it all night. So we're going to have plenty of the hop for you. You just make sure you keep cool. You got to go one more time. <laughs> Look to the fridge. Find yourself a cool beer. Think about... What has my mom done lately? When's the last time I've talked to her? I saw that post on Facebook she did. It's not really going to be working very good. I don't think she's going to be very happy. Damn it. Not bad. I didn't catch it either. Not bad. You came real close. You had a better ending point. You just missed the timing a little bit. You just missed the timing a little bit. Are we going again? Because it looks like you're searching for another thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. All right. I think I got one. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, people. Now is the time, and the time is now, for you to drink Modelo Especial. Show your solidarity with the world around you. One people, one race. We are all together as humans. We are in this together. And nothing says togetherness like a Modelo Especial, Echo in Mexico, and America's sweet, salty, sour bread. So close. <laughs> that was better than the last time. I'll give you that. That you, you had a you. You're getting closer. Welcome back with the the crew, zoo crew. You know what? A lot of people take me, they look around at me, and they say, hey. I already fucked up. 
That was a short post, baby. I felt like it was a longer. A short, short post. I thought it was much longer. I'm sorry about that. It's all good. You ready? Go for it. And let me just say, if there's one thing we've all learned together tonight, it's that we should not start a Patreon for this. Because Eric the Troubadour does not need a soundboard. Because you know he's just going to fill that thing with goddamn motherfucker. So expected. <laughs> I screwed myself. Here we go. Are you ready? And go. Hey, this is Randy Dan and the Nash coming at you at 96.7. The Rock Pig. So... Make sure to be caller number six to get your chance to tickets to the Poison concert being over there at the amphitheater on the 4th of May. You hearing that guitar behind you there? Yeah, it's gonna rip hard, it's gonna rip long, it's gonna rip all night long. As long as you're hanging out here with Dan and the Zoo Crew, it's all gonna be good for you. I had the perfect stopping point with the solo game going. <laughs> I was really hoping that you were gonna hit him. <laughs> no, we're done. I, I, I'm, I'm conceding. I, I had my spot. I picked it. And uh, I didn't think there was going to be a 10-minute solo going on here. Dirty pool. <laughs> Dirty pool. I wanted to see how long you could go. <laughs> Dirty fucking pool. Are you ready? All right, all right. Well, folks, we have had a time here tonight. And I just want to say. feel that? That's fucking Zach Braff right there. That's showing that honky motherfucker what's up. God damn it. That's the closest thing to hitting a post that we've gotten and it was, was pretty goddamn good. They called the blow. Mm-hmm. Ready? Kay. Go. Welcome back. You got Eric the Troubadour here in the Oklahoma Kid and you know, I want to talk to you one moment here about ketamine. Now, it all sounds fun and good. You think you're having a great time, but what you really need to get on is fentanyl. That's what's going to make you get into the incest. Did you say get into the incest? <laughs> 
Because I was watching the... I was watching the time on the thing, and I kind of zoned out there. I was and like... all of a sudden, I heard... We went from ketamine to incest. I... Would you play the long con on that one? I'll give you that. Okay, I'm going to give you what I consider the easiest post to hit. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say to you, remember to be your own Pikachu of doing it and go out there and get it done for Cthulhu, for hamsters, for all cats everywhere, for the great state of Oklahoma, for Ms. Oklahoma, for pretzels, America's fucking bread. That was a solid pose right there. That was a solid pose. All right, you ready? And go. Hey, baby, I was thinking about doing this with you anyways. I just want to sit back, let you know that I love you. Oklahoma loves you. We love so much you coming here, letting your ears take a break. Tune out. Let us put some... Tasty shapes into your ear holes. We do this all for fun, baby. We get no money out of this. We get no pride out of this. Just you, your love, and your love of being with us. So we just want to say thank you, baby. Thank you always. Time.